This is Move Out the Way with Alicia Lee and Angelina Rosario. This podcast was created to clear your path and balance your mind, body, and soul. Hello, MOTW tribe. Hi, how's everyone doing? This is Alicia. And this is Angelina. We are back. Yes. Uh, It's International Women's Month. I mean, there's all sorts of good things happening right now. Um, We're excited about today's episode. We have my dear friend, Patricia San Pedro on and Patricia is the founder of Sunina Skin. She is a certified yoga instructor, Pilates instructor, and she's also the author of Face Fitness, which is a book that just launched. And it basically talks about simple exercises, rituals uh, for toned, glowing skin. So Patricia is a beautypreneur for sure. But this book is also so much more. It's a self-care book. It is a spiritual book. It's really amazing. And we're going to talk all about face fitness and all about Patricia's spiritual journey. Angelina, you ready for this? I am excited. And you, if you're not driving, you need to have paper and pen because she is dropping some gems. Let's get Patricia on the show. All right, here we go. Patricia San Pedro, welcome to MOTW. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Hi, babes. How are you guys? Good, good. Excited to have you here. Very excited. You know, we have so much going on here. We're here to celebrate you, celebrate the launch of Face Fitness. I mean, this is amazing. Uh, so everyone, we just, we read your bio so everyone knows what's going on with you. And really at MOTW, we like to start at the beginning. So we're going to take you back. We want to find out how this journey began. We have so many questions for you. So Angelina, <laughs> let's take it away. Yes, Patricia, first of all, congratulations on your new book, Face Fitness. That is so amazing. And before we touch on all of that, Patricia, uh, we're kind of nosy over here. We like to go deep. <laughs> and so before um, you were this successful entrepreneur, an author, a mother, a wife, we are very curious where and how you started your spiritual journey. Where and how. Okay, so if we want to talk about the very start of the journey, it's going to have to be when I was very, very young. So I would say like age three, because that is when I first experienced meditation. I mean, we're all born spiritual beings. We're born out of the womb in that way. But um, if we're talking self-care practices and um, things of that nature, my father was a um, Taekwondo grandmaster. And so I would go to his Taekwondo classes and always be the youngest one. And I would sit there and meditate. Um, I remember him making me meditate with him outside in the backyard and um, woo-woo things like that. And I (laughs) love the (laughs) woo-woo. Yeah. And um, I was a very quiet child. So I was, I think I was into it. I wasn't opposed to it. I just remember just going with it. So I would say that's where it started. So a follow-up on that, Patricia, because like, and I'm going to use myself as an example. You know, I grew up in church and I left it. I left to practice for a while before I returned. Uh-huh. Did you did you experience the same thing with meditation? Yeah. So um, just to break this up a little bit, I, 
I also talk about in the book how um, my my parents, they got divorced and then I ended up um, getting influenced by other things. So non-spiritual things. Um, the influence of my stepfather was very much about exterior looks and caring a lot about appearance and et cetera. So it was a big break and uh, kind of like forgetting about, you know, who I was and more of a external kind of life where I would just care a lot about like what car I was driving as a teenager and then, you know, how much money I could make to go shopping and do all of these things to make my exterior look better and worrying about how big my nose looked because that was one of my biggest insecurities as a teenager and all of these appearance-based things. So um, there was a big long break before I quote unquote found my way back. And this only happened in my late twenties when I um, really hit rock bottom and I was not happy in my career. I was not happy with where things were going. Um, I talk about a lot of my anxieties um, in the book and how I really had to work to get back to finding my way back inwards. You grew up in a home of meditation, learning to sit still, be calm, living in this non-exterior world then fell off that train, lived fully in the external, started being really concerned with your appearance, with the things you owned, the car you were driving, how much money you had. Then you realized this is not the way to live. I need to pull myself back inward. So how did you do that? Tell, tell me, what did coming back inward look like and how did that shape your life to where you are now? Yeah, I... I think what it was is being so concerned about all the little things and comparing myself to somebody else's journey. Um, all of those little things that just add up. And I just really needed to hit rock bottom on so many levels, uh, financially with the relationship that I had before um, the job that I felt was not taking me anywhere, um, feeling like I was not pursuing a lot of the passions that I felt inside of me. Like there was a fire inside of me. I felt like I wasn't truly burning and, um, I needed to, I needed, to, I, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I remember going on a trip with my best friend and I write about this in the book and I, have an English, I don't know how I got to this book, but I got to um, Gabrielle Bernstein's May Cause Miracles. And I remember on the way back, I, I just felt very inspired during the Miami trip. And it was a quick, you know, girl getaway. And on the flight, I remember reading the books, getting super inspired and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And um, if you've read the book, you know that there are 40 days of exercises that you do, and they're all affirmations. You put it in your calendar, your phone calendar, and it's a really intense way of um, working through all of the affirmations and really drilling it into your head. And that is what really 
set me into tapping into myself and going inwards. And so that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to do yoga teacher training. And that's when kind of when Instagram was starting to hit and all the visuals, you saw visuals of people. And I I just always remember seeing uh, yoga visuals and yoga poses and how beautiful it looked. And I remember that is what pulled me in, people doing yoga and how beautiful the poses looked. And I was like, I want to look beautiful like that. Because at that time, I was still very concerned about how things looked, right? So Mm -hmm. I definitely um, wanted to do yoga because of how beautiful it looked. And I did the yoga teacher training at Pure Yoga in New York City. And um, during the course of the... I don't know, three months that I did it, that it took me to um, finish my course. I think like the first few sessions, it was like mind-blowingly different because I felt really good. I remember doing um, some hot yoga and around that time that I remember saying to myself, I am so fulfilled right now. I just not even thinking about before or after class, how I felt, you know, a few days ago or anything. It was just right now in this moment, I feel amazing. My body feels amazing. My headspace feels so clear. And I just know right now in this moment, I am extremely happy. And I just remember thinking, I want to be this happy all the time. I don't want to stress about where I should be in my life or Um, who should be proposing to me right now, or like I should be having kids by now. So it was just all about the present moment. And I, I needed to feel that way all the time. Okay. We we're going to have to stay on this one for a second as well. Go back. Cause it's it's funny you say this Patty, because we were with our girlfriends this past weekend and there's a couple of things that you said kind of just stood out for me. And I would love for you to give advice because there's so many women. I'm reminded that even when all the inner work that we've done, um, you can still revert back, right? And I love that you said staying in that place consistently. Because, so walk us through that. What would that look like? Maybe you have a practice that you can share with our audience. How do you stay in that place consistently? You know what? I feel like that awakening was so huge for me that it truly was an awakening. Like I woke up so hard that I just knew I was never going back. Mm. And it's not even about, um, well, yes, it is. It is about staying consistent and doing the work um, until you get to that full awakening. But once you get to that awakening, it's, it's over. It's like, I'm good. I'm never going to go back to that place. And I'm very confident in myself that I won't get back to that place. But the consistent work that you're talking about right now, it's kind of an intense phase of your life that you're going to have to go through. Because I think maybe the three months of the uh, yoga teacher training that I did, and then the course of miracles that I did, and all of the journaling and, um, all of the personal affirmations that I did. I remember I wrote like a hundred different affirmations in my post-it notes. um, And I would carry those post-it notes in my wallet. And when I had 
any chance, I would record it into my iPhone and then I would listen to it every single night as I was falling asleep. So I would listen to like 10 minutes of my affirmation every single night um, as I was falling asleep because that's when your mind really starts to um, pick that those kinds of things up. And um, so all of that diligence and all of that work that I did consistently without any breaks, um, I think that is the key is not to have any breaks and really stay consistent with it within a certain amount of time frame until you really get it, until your subconscious and your conscious really blend and really get it. And then you have this like full-blown awakening and you're like, I'm never going back to that place again. I'm never going to be that insecure person. I'm always going to feel really full and happy inside because I've already been, I've, I've been woken up and that's it. Yeah. I love that. I know that like, it's like when you feel that happiness that you mentioned and you're like, this just feels so good. It's like this spiritual high. You're like, I don't ever want to feel what I used to feel. Like no one deserves to feel what I used to feel. And so I totally relate to that. I love the affirmations and I record affirmations too. And I play them back and it's like all the things that I am and things I want to be. I literally say them to myself over and over and over. I write them and I play them. And I love that you shared that that was such a good tip. There's so much more in her book. We're not going to give it away, but if you want to hear a little bit more about how her journey unfolds and how she made it to where she is, her love story, all of that's in the book. So you definitely want to pick up a copy. So I'm going to dive into the next question here. So, you know, as I read through your book, I found it really, truly inspiring and spiritual and there's just so many beautiful moments in the book. And a lot of what you just said about going inward, and I'm going to quote you here in your book. And you said, as I learned through my own explorations, I had to find peace, happiness, and fulfillment on the inside before I could love who I was on the outside. Beauty is a feeling. So can you tell us a little bit more about that beauty being a feeling? You know, for the longest time, I could not leave my house without makeup on. And, you know, I always had to be 100% perfect before I went to go see any, uh, anybody. It doesn't matter if it was my now husband or friend, it could be like a neighbor, somebody across the street. I don't care about, (laughs) it just did not matter. I could be going to CVS and picking up, you know, whatever. I had to be a hundred percent with makeup and, um, now I just really don't care about those kinds of things. And I can leave the house and feel completely comfortable without any of that. And um, I just have to make sure my skin is dewy because it feels good. <laughs> it feels good to have dewy skin. But um, yeah, I. it's just this thing where you just don't care anymore about those things. And, um, it's not that you've let yourself go. It's just because I don't need to have on my four inch heels and my hair done and, um, my concealer on in order to feel like I'm worth anything. Like I already know my worth, so it doesn't matter. So that's what I mean about that is, beauty is truly a feeling. It's not about um, what you're looking like. 
dropping gems, dropping, dropping gems. Gem. I was, yes, you can't see me, but I was just dropping them as you were speaking. Because it, it's a real thing, especially I believe with social media. I, I, it's yeah. a real thing. Everybody's using these filters. Everybody's making it Editing. look like perfection, Editing. right? Yeah. When when we, you know, one of our Alicia and I favorite affirmation is like, "I'm perfectly made and perfect," and mm-hmm. accepting yourself as you are. Patty, you know, what are, you know, I know you said something about affirmation. I'm going back to this. Like, this is beautiful. You said a feeling. What feeling do you have now? If you can describe that feeling of knowing that I am perfectly made and perfect, that you accept yourself just like you are. You know, you mentioned affirmations and you said a feeling. I, I'm going to have to go with a really simple affirmation and it's because I used to compare myself to people a lot because I grew up in a household where I was compared to other people that were similar to me, like my classmates or whatever. Um, my, my parents were amazing, but at the same time, there were traits where I think could have been better. And um, the quote that comes to me is, um, no one is above you and no one is below you. And that is something that, I feel wholeheartedly now and it's it it makes me feel very fulfilled because and that's a feeling that I have about anybody with any situation is um I honor you and I and I think everybody has their special traits but I don't think that anybody's above or below you and so that makes me feel really calm and happy amen oh Thank you for your vulnerability and sharing this. It's so funny. Like this whole week I was, I had someone say something pretty mean to me and basically compared me to all of my friends and people around me and pointed out that I was single and also made a comment that I have a lot of very successful friends and compared that my success wasn't as good as theirs. And I was just like, wow, like that's incredibly judgmental. And I don't feel that way. So I'm sorry that you feel that way because my friends are my friends because we care about each other and not because someone has more success than another person. And like, what is your definition of success? Cause that's not my definition of success is looking at who makes more money or has a job that gives them more attention like that. None of that stuff matters at the end of the day. So like falling back on what you just said is so aligned with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Yeah, truly. No one is above you. No one is below you. And that is uh, a mantra that I don't know where I heard it, but it just has stuck with me. And um, it's something that I I actually apply to my kids as well, because I remember being as a kid um, growing up, I would be compared all the time and it was just such a toxic thing. Um, So I don't I don't I try to watch my words a lot. And I try not to um, say statements that sound like I'm comparing. Mm -hmm. I always want to just make it a neutral comment where it's just, you are so beautiful, you know, that's it. It doesn't have to be, oh my God, you're so much more beautiful today. Or, you know, like it doesn't like yesterday, just you are so beautiful. That's it. We need to kill comparison culture. It's it's really a problem. And it's comparison to each other, comparison to yesterday. Compare Like, we just need to stop and live in the now, to your point. And always, like, I love that you're so cautious of your words because a lot of people are not. And it does create a lot of pain, a lot of unnecessary pain. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do believe it is, 
more like of people like Patty and hopefully, you know, not hopefully, I know we will be mothers very soon in the future. Um, Patty, but for you, like you do, you say you talk about, you, you actually implement mantras and affirmations into your children's life. Can you share three or four that for all the mothers out there that, that can also do it with their kids? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. Um, because I actually have one mantra that I created when Ariel was born. And it is, and this is the comparative culture that I'm trying to kill also with you guys, <laughs> is I am love, I am light, I am beauty, I am bright, I am brave, I am kind, I am calm, I am cool, and you are too. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm going to have to save that for when I have a baby. That was so beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's something I, I just kind of created when she was born. And I have been saying it to her since she was literally a month old. And something that she just knows right now as a four-year-old. And she kind of tells me, no, stop it. I don't want to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll bring it back again later. But I've ingrained it in her. So I just want her to know the the last part of it. You are too. It means I'm not just bigging myself up. I'm also bigging you up because we can both be that way. Mm, I love that. Beautiful. You have to raise them, raise them right. Like it it makes a big difference. Like people don't realize that so many of our thoughts and our beliefs and the way that we go about life, it starts at a young age and the experiences we have, the things that people say to us. So it really is impactful and that's so beautiful. So what has motherhood taught you? You know, you're a mom of soon to be four, right? Yeah. So yes. what has motherhood taught you? That is such a tough, tough, tough question because I'm still impatient. You know, I'm still, <laughs> I, like I've heard so many different amazing virtues that people um, throw out there. And um, I think I'm just grateful. I think I'm just extra grateful for all, all the kids, but also, um, I'm grateful that I had this spiritual journey before I had the kids because, Mm. uh, and I always say this to myself is because if I had the kids before my spiritual journey, I feel like I'd be struggling so much harder because it is so hard. Um, it's so hard to be a mom and, to uh, have to struggle with my own issues would be just so much more. Mm. So I, I'm just grateful that I, you know, I'm first of all, the kids, you know, I'm grateful for the kids, but also because I am in a stable mental place and also just, I think mastering my emotions has been before has, was such a big struggle for me that, Um, I think that having kids makes you even more sensitive to wanting to master your emotions and, you know, really trying to be an example for them. And it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect, but at least you're being mindful of it. And I think that's the most important thing is to be aware and mindful. 
Patty, I have to ask because I truly admire you. I have no kids yet and I have no idea how to juggle everything that I'm doing. So please share with us, how do you manage to juggle? You're now an author. Again, let me repeat this again to our audience, okay? You're an entrepreneur, a successful one, okay? And you're also an author, you're a wife, and a mother, soon to be a mother of four. Please share some tips and how do you juggle it all? My goal in life is to hire a chef. (laughs) (laughs) And I have Uber Eats in my home. That's my number one app. And um, my key team player in my business and everything as a whole is not my husband, my nanny. So those are the top three tips that I can give you is nanny Uber Eats and have a goal of hiring a chef if you don't have one already. (laughs) I just, I really honestly cannot even answer this question in a real way because there is no real way to juggle. And I mean, Mm. I say, you know, my current nanny now, she's amazing. And I just, you know, I, I admire her so much and I just have a great relationship with her. She has a great relationship with the kids. She's here Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and Saturdays. And I just literally do everything in 30-minute time slots when she's here. So that's how I manage everything. But if she was not here, I don't think that would be happening. So I just really think um, making sure you are grateful for the people around you that are supporting you and helping you is probably the most important thing because you need them. I got it. I got it. All right, Patricia, we know that self-care is, you're a huge advocate of it. Your book speaks about it. You have your own product line. Tell us a little about your own self-care routine. How do you find time for self with everything you have on your plate? Yeah, so you said a key word here is time. I think um, I always say self-care is a luxury because sometimes time is a luxury. You really need to make time for it for yourself. Sometimes I only have five, 10 minutes. I will only give myself five, 10 minutes. So this is really a choice. You can choose to have five to 10 minutes of self-care a day. You can choose to have an hour. There's nothing wrong with five to 10 minutes. There's nothing wrong with an hour. There's nothing wrong with a whole day. It's just whatever you need at that time. And it's really about being intuitive with your body and how you're feeling. I think lately with everything going on, I've been giving myself, you know, five to 10 minutes every few hours, maybe, um, you know, once a day even. It's And it's just about it's not even about sitting down and meditating. Sometimes it's just about doing squats for like three minutes and then um, doing a quick yoga flow or doing skincare or really just grabbing that cheesecake and eating it in two minutes because that's what I need at the moment. So it's really just different all the time. Um, But I really truly think that Um, self-care is a luxury, not because you have to buy products or different things or use money to go to the spa. It's really just about um, the time and time is such a luxury sometimes. Totally. I I do want to say, you know, after reading your book, one of my new self-care practices is 
when I'm doing my nightly routine and morning routine, washing my face, putting on my moisturizer, my SPF, I used to look at that as a chore and I used to rush through it and just kind of like, oh, I had to put on SPF because my grandma had skin cancer, you know, like it was just this like not a fun <laughs> thing for me to do. And now I completely look at it differently. I've changed my perspective and I'm like, this is great. I'm going to put on my moisturizer and show myself some gratitude. And, you know, I'll put, I'll put it on and like say an affirmation. And I started doing the same thing with like my lotion when I get out of the shower, like instead of just throwing it on my body and throwing on my clothes, I've now started putting it on slowly and saying affirmations to myself and giving gratitude for my body and my skin. And I feel so much better. And I'm like, you know, this wasn't me specifically taking time and carving out time for self-care. It was something I had to do and you're doing naturally, but I did it through a different lens and showed more gratitude in the process. And it's become part of my self-care practice now. So thank you for that. Yeah. Wow. Yes. What a great reminder. So important. Uh, yeah. And you touched on something so, um, so key from the book is it doesn't have to take extra time when you're doing skincare to kind of add meditative affirmations to what you're doing because you're doing it anyway. So might as well make it a mindful, meditative wellness minute or two. A hundred percent. You're basically killing two birds with one stone. I'm getting this meditative self-care practicing, but I'm also moisturizing my body. All right, Patty, this is our last question. We're all really excited. We're celebrating you here tonight on your new book. Tell us one thing that you would want our audience to take away from the book. That you can tap in and you can really, um, like I had mentioned earlier, find your way back inwards and really find that space where you feel comfortable and happy. And that's where I would like people to um, come back to is, yes, they're going to leave glowing and feeling good, but I also would like them to feel good and find that feeling of beauty that um, I, I did on that yoga mat that one day when I first was on my journey back to myself. Oh, so that is the mission. That's a beautiful mission, Patty. Amazing, Thank you so much. Patty, thank yes. you. So we always ask our guests to close us out with a quote. You can do a quote or you can do an affirmation since we know how much you love our affirmation. So how would you like to close this episode? I will close it with something I do with my team all the time at Sunina Skin, and it is the light in me honors the light in you that makes our skin glow. Love and light. Amazing. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Patricia. It was yes. amazing. Yes.